don't know that I've heard that song before. I, it's, it's on my favorite list now. Thank you. It's beautiful. The sermon today I am going to gear toward the graduating seniors from high school. And so Savannah Beth and Christian, I'll address you, but it's for all of us. Uh, even us senior seniors. Somebody got confused this morning. They were talking about in the early service when they realized we were having senior Sunday. They thought they meant senior seniors, but no, senior, graduating seniors. So anyway, I won't tell who it was, but anyway, they had a senior moment. The sermon this morning is called Cap and Gown and Principles. Cap and Gown and Principles, Godly Principles, those foundation things in our lives. And so... What I'm going to share is for them, for the senior, graduating seniors from high school, but again, God's word applies to all of us, and so some of the things I'm going to address them, but again, it applies to all of us. Today is Pentecost Sunday. I want to go ahead and address that. Um, it is the day that the Spirit of God was poured out upon the church some 2,000 years ago. We know that Jesus ascended and told them to come and wait for the promise, and so they did. They believed God to send the promise of God's Spirit. And so a prophecy was fulfilled in Joel 2. You can go back and read that in Joel 2. That my spirit would be poured out on all flesh. My men servants and my maid servants shall prophesy. And so God did a unique, powerful thing on the day of Pentecost. And so on the Christian calendar, we celebrate it on this Sunday. But because I have preached the last three Sundays about the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, I, I'm not going to have the whole sermon about that. But God the Father, God the Son... God the Holy Spirit. He was a person. And so I, I shared in those last three sermons how important it is you'd have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because he's always going to point you to Jesus. He's always going to point you to God the Father. And so we need relationship with him. And so I share this one verse with you that I share often. It was life-changing for me in my 20s. I've always wanted the Holy Spirit in my Christian walk. But Luke eleven thirteen. So, Christian, Savannah Beth, I want to encourage you to memorize Luke eleven thirteen. It says, and Jesus is the one who quoted it. And he mentions the Trinity when he makes this statement. Luke eleven thirteen. How much more shall my heavenly Father, how much more shall my heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? And that's simple enough that even I could understand it. So I'm saying to you, Savannah Beth and Christian, or any person in the entire universe that I want to encourage you to listen to the rest of your life is the Holy Spirit. You need him. I need him. He dwells in us. He gives us fruit, heavenly fruit of love and joy and grace and peace and patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness. Those are things you're going to need. So the number one person on today's Pentecost Sunday that you can listen to is the Holy Spirit himself have relationship with him. At Oil High School football stadium, May of 1977, I was there. Had my cap and gown on and walked out on the football stadium, exactly where it is there in Italia still to this day. And had my cap and gown on and I walked out and I've never been with that group again. Now we had a celebration, 40 year celebration this past year, but so that's 41 years ago. You know, some days, y'all know what I'm talking about, some of you that are old geezers like me, 
you know that sometimes it seems like it was about seven years ago. But then there are other days it seems like it was 107 years ago. Man, does it go by quick. So you two enjoy right now this moment in your life. But there I was with a captain gown on. And uh, again, I've never met with that group again. My life changed. Things changed. Y'all know that. And even though we met, had our 40-year reunion, we had other reunions. But that group on that night was never there again. But the last thing that you do is you stand up and you take that tassel and you put it on this side. Every one of us have done that. Even our little four-year-olds four and five-year-olds the other day, they took their little white tassel and they moved it on the other side for a new adventure in their lives. That's the last thing we do, and then we throw our hats up and all of that, that moment. So I want to talk just a moment about cap and gown. Your cap and gown, all of us here have got one, but especially to our graduating seniors, it represents hard work, study, dedication, determination, all those kinds of words, and it is an extremely, extremely important accomplishment. That cap and gown will open doors. If you don't have your high school diploma, I encourage you to go back and take GED classes, get that diploma. We have people in our church here that teach that. That's very important to get that high school diploma. And I'll go ahead and tell you this, as I was typing that in, I misspelled the word diploma, so that'll tell you that's what I... Staff knows I'm a terrible speller, but anyway, it's, it's D-I, not D-E-P-L-O-M-A. But anyway, I laughed at myself. But that high school diploma is going to open up many opportunities throughout your life. And then I've already talked with all five of these. They've got plans to go on to college, different colleges. They're going to get extra degrees. They're going to wear another cap and gown one night in a few years. Maybe some of them will specialize technical training, whatever it is. Some of them may go to graduate school. Some of them may get called to preach and end up at seminary somewhere. I've heard of that happening before to people. But all those degrees and that cap and gown represent opportunities for doors to open up. But more important than your cap and gown is what foundational principles in your life are you going to carry with you? those are the ones that are going to make the difference and are you grounded in biblical principles is the question I want to ask you are you grounded in biblical principles does God's word shape the principles that you live by it should we're Christians we're Christ like ones and so our principles our foundations that set right and wrong in morality should be established those principles should be established in the word of God so I, I encourage you to memorize Luke eleven thirteen that I quoted earlier so what I want to do is, is take a look at a young man, very possibly a teenager at the time, who had, according to the Bible, in the first chapter, he had a great diploma, he had great credentials, but wow, he had some solid, godly principles that he stood on firmly. And I'm talking about Daniel. When Daniel was a teenager, and we don't know exactly, it says when they were youth, but we know at that day and time that when they got captured, the Babylonians came and, and swept them away. And, and the young, athletic, energetic, smart ones, they put into the Babylonian castle. He was around the king. And they were going to train them. They were going to get the best schools and everything because they saw the potential in them. And so here Daniel is, probably maybe 14. He might have been 17 or 18 years old, but still a young man, the Bible says. 
But he trusted God at a young age, as did his three friends that we're going to mention in a minute. They stood on godly principles that they had learned growing up. And God honored them and gave them favor for standing on those godly principles. That's what you'll read all in the book of Daniel. So I want to challenge y'all to read the book of Daniel this summer. Just read the whole book of Daniel. Just see his life. But notice how he stood on his principles. He cared about what God thought more than he cared about what the earthly king thought. Boy, I want that preached today. Three of the most famous stories in the Bible are recorded in the book of Daniel. First two, you'll, I know you'll remember. One is Daniel in the lion's den. You remember that one? He was cast down in that lion's den because he stood on biblical principles, but he survived it because God favored him. The second story is about the fiery furnace. You remember his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They stood on their biblical principles, and they were thrown into a fiery furnace because they would not bow down and worship the king. They said, no, we're going to serve the one true God, the one God of Israel, the creator of the universe. And whether we die or whether we get through it, we're still going to go see him. Either way, we're not bowing down to you. The king was furious and cast them into the furnace. You, if you read the story, you know that the heat, they got the heat so hot that even the servants that tried to put them in there caught on fire and melted. But the Bible tells us that all of a sudden there weren't just three in there, but there was a fourth. The very Spirit of God, whether it was in the form of Jesus or an angel or whatever, but they, they, they saw, the king did, there's, I thought we put three, but there's four in there. And the Bible tells us that Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, when they got them out, not even one hair on their body was singed. And I like this, the Bible even says that they didn't even have any, they couldn't even smell smoke on them. God's favor was with them. Now, if they had died, they'd have gone on to heaven anyway because they were standing on godly principles. They stood by what they believed. So it matters what we believe. It matters that we have biblical God word shaping the principles that we live by. The third story, y'all may not be as familiar with, you younger people, but you, you, you older ones, you know we've heard the phrase, the handwriting on the wall. That's a phrase we use. It comes from Daniel. The handwriting on the wall. The king was Belshazzar. He was having a feast. He was mocking the God of Israel. They were even drinking and partying in the cups and utensils that they had from Israel and making fun of the God of Israel. And so all of a sudden, the hand appeared on the wall. We don't know exactly what it looked like. I, for all we know, it was about the size of a hand. But if you just saw a hand and fingers going across writing something on the wall, it would probably freak you out. Well, it did. The Bible tells us that Belshazzar's hip joints got loose and his knees started shaking. Words were written across, thus we say the handwriting is on the wall. That story is in Daniel. Well, Daniel had been put back in captivity, wasn't high up in the officials as he was, but Belshazzar remembered him. So he first called all his soothsayers and his palm readers and said, hey, y'all come in here and tell me what that means. Nobody could interpret it. So then Belshazzar said, hey, I remember that, that one that serves the God of Israel that stands on the word of God. Go get him see if he can tell us what it means they went and got Daniel Daniel interpreted it and basically I'm really paraphrasing here but bottom line is he looked at Belshazzar which was very bold because Belshazzar said if you can interpret it I'll make you third in the kingdom I'll put a robe on you I will bless you financially like you've never seen he said I'm not really worried about that I don't care but I'll tell you what it says Daniel told him 
Hoss, he didn't call him Hoss, but I'm calling him Hoss. He said, Hoss, tonight you're going to die. And this kingdom is not going to be your kingdom. And that is exactly what happened. He died that night. The others around remembered what the king had said and they honored. And Daniel was moved up in a high position because God gave him favor. And at the heart of it all was he was a person who at an early age decided to stand on a godly principle. That's what you learn from reading the book of Daniel. I'm going to give you just three scriptures out of the book of Daniel that kind of give us a taste for Daniel. Daniel, the second chapter, verse 20. And Daniel said, praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. The entire statement is found in Daniel 2, 20 through 23. But what it is, and I say this to Savannah Beth and to Christian, but to all of us, he was saying, I praise God and I thank God no matter what. I have a thankful heart toward the living God. He gave God glory and honor no matter what because everything didn't go perfect. There were some rough days for Daniel. But he continually praised God. He continued to thank God because that was a principle that he'd been taught and he was going to stand on forever. Daniel 2.20. The next one I want to give to you is Daniel 6.10. I read it earlier as the words of grace. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to an upstairs room where his windows were open, and they were open toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees, and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Now, note that this is what got him thrown into the lion's den. The king had said, you're going to bow down to me, you're going to worship me, and if anybody in the country, if anybody bows down to any other God but me, I'm going to throw them in the lion's den. Daniel stood on his principles. He didn't care what the king said. He went just like he always did, opened up the window to Jerusalem, got down on his face before God three times a day, and glorified and praised the living God. Well, some of the servants saw him. Of course, they went running and told the king, King was really disappointed because he liked Daniel, but he'd given the decree, so we got to throw him in the lion's den. Yesterday, we went to Tigers for Tomorrow. Madeline and me and Lana's brother and her daughter and a bunch of us and my little grandson, Favor. I had never been. By the way, we went on the hottest day of the year. It was so humid, but there were all these animals. Y'all, they got bears. They've got lions, three big male lions in different cages and tigers huge tigers, mountain lions, black panthers, the cougars, and all of it. And, and there were a couple of times when we're walking around, I don't know if you've ever been, but this was worth the money. They all started growling. That's something about eerie feeling. I can't imagine being out in the woods in Duck Springs, uh, squirrel hunting, and all of a sudden hear, and that's about how they sound, by the way. Make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. One time, and they said for children not to run, because they still have an instinct in them, there was a white tiger laying there. It was sort of blended into the gravels around it and everything. Madeline didn't see it. It was right on the other side of the truck. And she picked up her speed and trotted a little bit, and that thing locked in, and it climbed up the fence. <laughs> Madeline turned white as a sheet and came back to Papa. He beat it in on her. Daniel got thrown into a lion's den. And you know what he did that night? He praised the living God because of those principles that he stood on. 
and he laid back. Now, I don't know, the Bible don't say this, but he made a pillow out of that big old lion's belly and snuggled down and went to sleep. King said the next morning, they went, open it up and see what happened. See if Daniel's still down in there. And Daniel called out to him. He said, get Daniel out. And the other servants that got him out, he said, throw them in there. And the lions immediately attacked him and ate them all. And then the king said, we're going we're gonna to honor Daniel and we're going to serve his God. We're going to serve the principles that he stands on. And standing on your principles is all about the, the book of Daniel. I encourage you to read the book of Daniel this summer. Students, I've already said it once, but I'm going to say it again. Your cap and gown will open doors for you, but it will be the principles that you live by that will give you the wisdom to know what door to walk through and what door to stay away from. Don't go into this world. Don't go into this world without biblical principles guiding you. Can I get an amen? saying that for me too anytime and I'm, I'm confessing to you I'm just being honest with you sometimes I get away from my godly biblical principles and I just get myself in trouble and a mess but I go back to them so learn from Daniel remember Luke eleven thirteen. 13 I want to close just by sharing with you uh, and I have these printed I'm going to give you a copy of them or you can look them up online I like Celebrate Recovery it's a ministry the cornerstone across the street on Friday night Cross Point has a great Celebrate Recovery. I've spoken and preached at a lot of Celebrate Recoveries, but I've also been a participant. I've gone with my son Dave on many times, the 180 down in Springville years ago we did. And so I've been a parent as part of that. I love what Celebrate Recovery does. In fact, the church I'm going to at Lester Memorial has a Celebrate Recovery on Monday night. These are the eight principles. So I'm going to just go over them quickly, and I'm going to end with this. But these are eight principles that Celebrate Recovery has. I've got you a list that you can look up online. They're based on Matthew 5, 12, which is the Beatitudes. Jesus preached the longest sermon that we have recorded is in Matthew 5. He may have preached a longer one, but that's the longest one we have recorded. And it starts off with these principles, these Beatitudes. Here they are, and I won't read the whole thing, but just quickly. Number one principle, realize I'm not God. That's an important principle to stand on. You're not God. I'm not God. I admit that I am powerless to control my tendencies to do the wrong thing. My life is unmanageable. Happy are those who know that they are spiritually poor. Second thing, earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him. Happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Third thing, consciously choose to commit my life and will to Christ's care and control. Happy are the meek. Savannah Beth, Christian, you've got to make that decision. Your mom and daddy, your parents, your parents. Nobody can make that decision for you except you. You have to decide. You need God in your life. Just like I do and just like everybody does. Consciously choose to commit my life and will to Christ. Fourth, openly examine and confess my faults to God. He's a forgiving God. Oh, He is a merciful, gracious God. Go to Him. He forgives us. Happy are the pure in heart. Voluntarily submit every change God wants to make in my life and humbly ask Him to remove my character defects. Happier are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. Number six, evaluate all my relationships. Oh, my goodness. If I could get young people to be careful who you hang out with. Evaluate all my relationships. Offer forgiveness to those who've hurt me and make amends for har any harm I've done. Happier are the merciful and happier are the peacemakers. Number seven, 
preserve a daily time with God in self-examination. I believe that Daniel had that one pretty locked in. Three times a day he called out to his God. Number eight, yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others. Happier those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. So I end, and mine is graduating seniors, but all of them. If you want good godly principles in your life, you're going to have to trust a person in the Holy Spirit, Luke eleven thirteen. Read the book of Daniel this summer and look at the principles that he stood on. Also read Matthew 5, 1 through 12, the Beatitudes, principles in life that Jesus set forth. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. Many of us here have been blessed with cap and gown. We thank you that it has opened up opportunities for us. But God, thank you that we can testify to the fact when we stood on our biblical principles, God gives us favor. God honors us. I pray for our graduating seniors that they will stand on godly principles just like Daniel. God bless us all. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn is Breathe On Me, Breath of God. It's hymn number 420. Breathe on me, breath of God. Let's stand together. Hymn number 420. The altar is always.